Oh, so we're live. Currently, yes. Right now. Okay. Riddle me this, everyone, and welcome to the penultimate place to get your movie, TV, and TV news and reviews. This is episode 49 of the Cross Media Show, and today's topic is, of course, I mean, if you're looking on screen, it, it can't be more clear than this. We're talking, of course, about the Batman. But before we get into our discussion, if you're listening on your favorite podcast service, feel free to give us a good rating on that platform. It helps the algorithms and helps us grow our audience. If you're watching on YouTube, consider dropping a like and a sub. And don't forget, hit that bell. Get notifications for all our shows like The Penultimate Game Show, The Marvel Mondays Initiative, and Anime Nation. If you're watching on Twitch and you have Amazon Prime, then, folks, listen, listen closely. That means you have Prime Gaming, which means you have one free sub to give out. And we'd love it if you gave it to us. But if not, that's quite all right. Just sit back, enjoy, enjoy a little discourse here. For those of you who don't know, me, who don't know me, my name is Christian, our host for today. I don't have an intro for myself, but I have one for you guys. Let's. St- I'm gonna start with. <laughs> I can't look at the screen. Uh, he is the director of operations, the man uh, who thinks that curb your enthusiasm oh, is no. is not as good as Seinfeld. That's not our what very I said. Own, our very own George of the penultimate conquest. Listen, those ben. words did not come out of my mouth. Uh, you merely asked about Jerry's stand-up in Seinfeld, and I said it's a little too sophisticated for your taste, and that's okay. Sure, sure it is. Oh, God, dude, that stand-up is so bad. No, it's okay. It's like 25% good. Listen, like you have to be bad. there, Christian. It's you have to corny. be there. You have to be there. Were you? Maybe. Maybe I was. I mean, you do realize Jerry was is a New Yorker, you know? So I could have been there. You got me there. Okay. You know, I'll acquiesce there. And, of course, rounding out the table for today, your friendly neighborhood co-host of all things Marvel and Destiny, the newest dad in town, the brooding man of Gotham himself, the Dark Knight, Eric Segan. I'm sorry. Hey, what's up? <laughs> I was trying to think of what to say. Nothing came out. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How about you? Uh, fantastic. I'm ready to talk Batman. You're fantastic? From the looks of your face, it doesn't look like it. Well, damn it, don't put me on the spot. <laughs> okay. If I were to try to steal something from a um, a safe, would you come in and hold me softly? No, you'll Loving. probably you'll probably I'll probably tase you in the neck. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Either way, I'd be down. Okay. Folks, let's take care of some housekeeping before we get into our topic of discussion today. Uh, what are we talking about here in housekeeping? Anything we should be look on the lookout here for the channel? Yes, yes, Christian. I'm glad you asked. Friday, I will be on the Point in Progress podcast. So get excited Ooh. for that. Yeah, nice. yeah. Um, listen, I think I've gotten to a place where I can actually stream now. And instead of me just saying that I can actually stream now, like I can actually do it. So this week's conquest, we're going to try to see if we can. I know I said this last week, but actually start the greatest game of the year. Triangle strategy. And I can't wait. I can't wait, Christian. The look on your face says it all. I'm glad you have something, you know. Thank you. I appreciate. I'm just it. glad. I'm glad you have something. I mean, Eric, how do you feel today? Uh, pretty vengeancey. Oh I yeah. Mean, I feel, uh, like I, I listened to some um, My Chemical Romance to get in the mood. Gotcha. 
Because so I'm in the zone. I don't know if you saw this, but <laughs> Strangers of Paradise got a 76 on Open Critic today, mm-hmm. and I don't know how you feel about I, that. Do any did any of us counterpick that game? Yeah, yeah Eric did. <laughs> okay, you didn't lose that much points. That's actually that's it's a six good points. Thing. I mean, I wouldn't laugh, Ruben. You lost 20 points off of mine. Yeah, so. but that's okay, because I got a bunch of shit that's going to get me right back up there, you know? <laughs> yeah, I do. I got another fucking Pokemon game. So I'll be there all right. at the end of the year. All right? We got to stop with all these Pokemon games. Like, enough. But, uh, you know? It's okay. We, we had our fun. Going. We could keep going. We, we, grew, we grew up. Nah. We, we left them behind. Nah, we'll never grow up. Yeah, that's true. You see Remember those Pokemon Crunch Bar commercials? Right there? Right there, first game I ever, first game I ever owned, and I still have it with me, Christian. I gotta respect that. That's actually really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, never die. That's it for house. That's it for housekeeping. Uh, some news today before we get into the topic of the show. Uh, you guys want to talk about this? I'll let you guys uh, say it here. The a new trailer for the Sonic, the Hedgehog two movie was released today. You guys have any thoughts on that? Chef's kiss of a fucking trailer this is gonna be the ultimate video game movie of all time i guarantee it that's all i gotta say okay how can you say that when uncharted just really i'm just kidding i can't (laughs) (laughs) eric do you have anything to say about sonic 2 oh i think eric's Uh, muted uh i mean just the fact we're getting knuckles in this movie is fantastic um so, I, I mean, they're going crazy. They got Chaos Emeralds, which we knew were going to be in it. And, uh, you know, just Jim Carrey being... It's it's wild because he rarely does sequels. So I'm excited to see what yep. he does with this. Um, I'm really just... Uh, towards the Sonic is so fun. So I'm ready to see more of that. Can you believe that Idris said that, like, no, my Knuckles voice is not sexy. It's like, come on, dude. He just talks. No matter what you do, it's sexy. Yeah, exactly. You can clear your throat and it's sexy. Okay. What is that movie? That movie is out soon in less than a month. April 8th, if I remember. April 8th, yeah. yeah. About three weeks away. Yep. I'll be in the theaters. By the way, um, in, in, in the local Portland theater for Sonic 1, spoilers for Sonic 1, by the way, in the end credit scene. Apparently, I, didn't, I wasn't able to go. I wanted to go for a rewatch, but I wasn't able to make it. My friend who did go uh, said that everyone in the audience much like the first showing was like people my age like not kids and everyone was like stone out of their mind and when the credits started everyone was like chanting tails tails like wait, waiting for the like reveal in the after credit scene which is like entirely my crowd that's amazing interesting okay okay <laughs> sure then okay fuck my story moving on uh anything else before we move on any other news yeah. Um, topical. Apparently, Sam Raimi wants to do a Batman. Yes, movie. I would. Um, would you be a watch the shit out of that? Yeah, I don't know if I would. First villain is Scarecrow. It has to be like have him do the Arkham Asylum from Grant Morrison storyline, uh, and you can Sam Raimiify that. Uh, that's not a verb, um, but uh, yeah, we can pick it one. His attention to horror and detail, like especially with like an Arkham Asylum style setting, I think that'd be. I think that's the only thing Sam Raimi can do like really well. It's just something set in Arkham Asylum, and that's it. 
See, I get ner- I get nervous um, once like one property is successful, like the Batman is, because now you know studio execs race to you know pump out content. Granted, this isn't that, and also Sam Raimi's great. But it's like, all right, all right, let's slow, slow down a little bit. Let's 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 get some vision first. Let's let's hear what you know, what That's the writing funny. is like, what stories you want to tell. You gotta understand, this is DC. They're desperate, Christian. They're making a movie. Desperate for what? Like I they're making a Black Adam movie with The Rock. They're desperate. That's not desperate, Christian. Eric. That's desperate. Okay. That's desperate. Okay. Yeah, but you got to understand the problem with The Rock is he only plays one character himself. And that could fit for Black Adam. I don't see that fitting for any comic book character whatsoever. Unless it's literally The Rock. I mean, you also have to look at all the other stuff they're doing that's really neat, too. I mean, Aquaman. I'm excited for The Flash. Yeah, The yeah, Flash, Flash looks great. Aquaman's probably going to be a fun time. Like, DC has realized that they don't need to do the connected stuff really that much. Which is a shame. Like, just make, make the solo stuff, which or, I mean, they've made great solo movies. I mean, Shazam was great. Wonder Woman, the first one, was great. Uh, I mean, just go with what works, what doesn't. Don't do what don't work. Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, don't, <laughs> do, what don't, don't do that. Huh. Yeah, we'll see. And I, we can talk about this more like when we're actually in topic of the show. Speaking of which, let's get into our discussion of The Batman, of course, directed by Matt Reeves, uh, released in 2022. I don't have budget stuff for you or writing stuff, so hopefully that's enough for it. you. Yeah, I tried to pull it up as well, but I, I wasn't fast enough. Oh, I don't know about yeah, budget, Reeves. but box office. Budget about 200, I think. Okay, well, while you guys find that, I will say that uh, Matt Reeves is the writer as well as Peter Craig. And I have to give a huge shout out to cinematographer Greg Frazier, who was absolutely in his freaking element in The Batman. So I have here uh, the Warner Brothers filmed earned uh, $66 million from 4,417 North American theaters in its second week of release, propelling it. Uh, propelling its uh, domestic tally to a robust two, uh, 238.5 million. After only 10 days on the big screen, the Batman ranks as the highest grossing movie of 2022, as well as the second highest grossing film since the onset of COVID-19. Oh, of course, only Spider-Man No Way Home, which has generated a stellar seven, Jesus Christ, $792 million in North America, has earned more money at the domestic box office in the past two years. Of course, this comes from Variety. Thank you, Rebecca Rubin. Yeah, I don't even think Spider-Man was even released in China. It wasn't. Yeah. Right? Nope. Yeah. Could you imagine how much money that would have made? <laughs> yeah. In China. Yeah. Also, I am trying to find the article. I couldn't find it. But yeah, there was no signs of the Batman slowing down. Like, it was still performing well um, days it into, a, like, the It had premiere. a really good second hold. I think the only one that had a better hold and begins at like 43% drop. This one I like a, had a better drop than Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises and all that. So, wow. The fact Incredible. that a three hour movie uh, has the second best hold out of all the Batman movies is yeah. standing. And not only just like a, a three hour movie, but like a three hour, like very serious mm-hmm. brooding movie. Yeah. Great point, Eric. So, uh, suffice to say, the Batman doing well. Mm-hmm. critically 
and by audience reception. Yeah, fantastic. Before we get into like kind of deep dive conversations, we're gonna we're gonna start with our initial thoughts here. Um, I'm gonna start with Eric because I was very excited for you. You had to wait a few days to actually watch it, but I want to know what your like top level thoughts were on the Batman. Um, okay, top level thoughts. Uh, let's see if I if I could put it into words with like you know the people that we do stuff with and what we talked about. I get why people are so obsessed with Dune. This is gonna be my Dune is what this movie is. Like, on a technical filmmaking level, I don't think any other comic book movie has come close. Like, Dark Knight, maybe. Although there are still some things about Dark Knight I don't like. But, on a, just, from a camera work perspective, from lighting, from everything, head to toe, is, is a 10 out of 10 movie for me. Like, no movie is perfect, but for me, this is really damn close. And so, I think, I think I tweeted about this after I saw it. I hope this is, like, the template now going forward with films. Not just, like, you know, three hours or stuff like that, but the attention to detail they have with everything. From characters, to script, to production, everything. I hope that level of detail goes forward, because this is this is hard to beat. Like this is, yeah. this is, this is cinema. God, you can't be more right. Ben, how about you? What are your general thoughts here on the Batman? So I think uh, there's gonna be a lot of people that say that they don't like this movie because it's not Batman enough. Uh, which L's to them, Ruben. L's. I agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree. But uh, I think when people, when the general public thinks of a Batman movie, they think of the action and the just the grittiness that Batman brings. And this movie had it, but it also digs deep into what DC really is, Detective Comics. It, it was perfect in every single way I could imagine. I really loved the things that Matt Reeves did. Um, just, I would say, no, I have no issues with this movie. Only one. And it should have been. Save that. Save that. Save okay. that. Save that. Okay. okay. Is it like spoilery stuff? Like actually like specific? No, no spoilers at all. It's just me being me. Okay. Then what is it? What if this movie had, instead of Robert Pattinson, Ben Affleck. Obviously, it, it would have been a completely anyway. different movie. First off, don't tell it. I will. <laughs> My last thing before I will say, Matt Reeves is the best. I, and this is not to put it like in its own like a weird category. This isn't to demean it in any way, shape, or form. But I think Matt Reeves is the best blockbuster director out there right now. Yeah. Like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. War of oh. the Apes, Batman. Perfect. Absolutely like, perfect. He also oh, did like, like yes. Let Me Thank In. You. He did Cloverfield. Oh, I didn't like, know he did Cloverfield. The, Which one? Yeah, he did the first Cloverfield. Okay. Um, Matt Reeves is so freaking good at his job. Yeah. And like, it's, it's insane. He's able to bring a very unique approach to these comic book films and to, you know, big IPs that 
okay. I just want him to keep making movies because he's so good. Yeah. Because the thing for me about Matt Reeves that like maybe aside from Cloverfield, but like more specifically the Apes trilogy, which he only he only did the the last two, two and three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the Batman is like he really centralizes his movies around character emotion and character development and like letting that take precedent you know mm -hmm. and how the story like affects like character emotion and that's where these stories work leading into the batman here my thoughts i i agree with both of you guys like the batman is an, is an amazing film and partly why i think it's so good is because it really interrogates like the ethos of who batman is as we know him places him in like a dark part at the beginning and we see like uh, that kind of origin story of um of batman turning from like this like flawed figure into kind of the more hopeful figure that we have been accustomed to across all kinds of medium right and seeing that progression over the case of the the case over the span of three hours right six six days in the movie is like just phenomenal to watch it's it's amazing filmmaking it's it's great character like interrogation uh and it's it's just good it's just it's just a great movie all around i have small issues with it but like other than that like this movie made me forget about playing elden ring and that's saying something because Whoa. elden ring also a chef's kiss wow yep that's saying a lot Mm-hmm. okay before we get into our lion's on his way by the way yeah i yeah. saw that i was, ho I was hoping you'd be in by now yeah yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to start like uh, deep dives into the actual Batman here. Oh, great timing. I was like, man, how am I going to kill time? He's here. Lo and behold, he's here. Opt in. The host of Anime Nation and Stranger of Paradise fan for some reason. Oh, God, dude. Hold on. Wait, give me I'm a Oh, his camera hasn't started yet, has it? No, it's getting the little, little spinny wheels. What if he comes in wearing a mask over his face and little Could you imagine if he glasses? just, like, is in the Batman costume? No, that's not the costume I was going for. Oh. What is the price for your blind eye? By the way, I was a little, was a little bummed that I went to go see this in IMAX, but it was not filmed in IMAX, which I did not know. But like, big screen, still very cool. Of course. Oh no! He... There he goes. Oh. Oh. No. Hello. Okay. I think he's coming in now. I hope His so. camera's still doing this, the the same thing. Yeah. How about being horny for Batman? Say that one more time. Dude, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, great, great way to kill time. Kojima today being horny for Batman. I did not realize that at all. What happened? What did he do? Yeah, he talked about Robert Pattinson's naked chest and back. Oh, God. Dude, such a good tweet. I got to go find it and read I it for you guys. I worry about Kojima sometimes, you know? He's Why? fine. Sometimes he's too pure for this world. You know? Am I wrong? I mean, I wouldn't say Kojima is pure. Kojima is Kojima. Okay. I don't know what that means. Okay. You can't define Kojima. Oh, okay. Is that where we're going with? 
Robert's own presence and acting ability are excellent, but the director has a good way of showing it. The scene in which he pushes a heavy object indoors with his upper body naked. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I love that he also calls Al Alfred Alfredo. I mean, that's what you got to do, you know. Here he gives the impression of flexible, flexible back muscles like a ballet dancer. Not hard muscles from muscle training and protein soaking. Also, the breakfast scene with Alfredo. He looks dazzled and makes him wear sunglasses even I though he that is was just, I don't think he meant to say Alfredo. <laughs> oh, no, of course not. It's like a mistranslation from Japan yeah. to English. But still, goddamn, Kojima's amazing. Okay. <sighs> Should we keep going? Yeah. I have a feeling he'll, he'll, he'll pop in when he's ready. In that case, before we get into the topic of the show, let me tell you a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Buzzsprout. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, which is why we've partnered up with Buzzsprout to help you succeed. Buzzsprout gets your show listed in every major podcast platform, so join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. You'll get a great-looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop in other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and much, much more. Following the link in our description below lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and help support our show. And now, back to the show. Thank you, Buzzsprout. Thank you. Okay. So we've done top level thoughts. We all agree that this is a good movie. Um, I have a question kind of to spur off conversation, right? And I, I, I use this to, to springboard off our discussion that I used in large popcorn as well. Um, the tone and aesthetic of this movie is obviously like way darker than we've seen in previous Batman movies. Movies. This is probably the darkest we've seen Batman period on the silver screen, right? Yep. Um, it's, it's the grittiest. Uh, but I'm not going to call it necessarily grounded because I, I don't think those two are are similar. And so I'm going to stick with me for another second here. Imagine a spectrum, if you will, of Batman movies. On one end, you have your fantastical elements, your um, you know your Adam West's kind of Batman, and on the other you have your grounded. And here's where I'm really thinking the Dark Knight um, Nolan movie, like Gotham is Chicago kind of yep. of Batman, right? Where do you think this movie lies on the spectrum of between uh, fantastical and, and grounded? Because I think it actually leans more towards the fantastical. To me, this, the Batman movie, feels like, like not a real place. That looks and feels like Gotham. Like the events that are happening is very much like a comic book movie that I'm seeing, that like, like a story that I'm reading from a not real place. And that's one of the reasons why I think like, the allure of the Batman is so good and why it's so cool. Interesting. I, I would have to say fantastical and what was the other one? Grounded? And grounded. Oh, are you writing? Okay. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. Right okay. in the middle. I like it. You want to know why? Because why? Penguin... The fact that the fact that it it brings in the stu the silly stuff about penguin oh like the icicle lounge the fact that the icicle lounge is a real thing and it's not made out of like you know actual icicles it 
it brings in the a little fantastical with a little grounded. So uh, that's why I, I would have to say it's in the middle for me. Like just the, the smallest things bring it to where I could believe some of it. And I'm like, okay, there's no way that that's happening in real life. Right. Yeah. Okay. What? It sounds like Ryan. Ryan's here. Hello, I am here. You sure? I uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm here. Okay. I, I had it down for I had it down for nine because I had daylight savings all fucked up. God damn it, Ryan! Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, give me one second. Is Discord outputting through your uh, your mic through the not blue yet? It is. Yeah, let me give me a second. There he goes again. He's gone. Just like, just like the Batman, when you think he's still next to you. Anyway, while Ryan gets situated, Eric, how about you? Where, where do you think this lies? I think Eric's muted. Yes, he is. I think this is definitely more comic booky than the Nolan trilogy, and I think that's what makes it better. Because um, you know, it's it's difficult because. I could go on to this. Like, I feel as though when people grounded shouldn't be what we look for all the time to make mm-hmm. a movie better. Like, yeah. I think that when people try to say, "Oh, it's so grounded, so grounded," well, no. Like, this is a man who dresses as a bat. We don't need to make this like grounded in any way, shape, or form. Like, it just fits. Because you're right. This is Gotham. Like, mm. I because. When you watch the Nolan movies, I'm like, oh, that's Heinz Field. That's Pittsburgh Bridges. I know those places. Like, those are real places. And with this one, I know they filmed in Chicago and London, but I can't tell. Like, that, like this is an otherworldly place. And I feel as though when he was talking about making a making Gotham a character in its own right. I think he nailed that because it is dirty. It is grimy. It is corrupt. It is exactly the places that we know Gotham, exactly the adjectives we know Gotham to be. Yeah. And so I I think that um, this isn't, you know, uh, Adam West, Batman versus Superman, where, you know, that Batman was all over the place. Like that, that's, that was really on the crazy side. Whereas this one, this one is definitely much more grounded. He's just driving a supercar, um, super muscled up car. So, I mean, it's just, I, I would, basically I would agree with Ruben. Ruben's got the right. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like think, think about all the, all the trash, uh, that's littered around, you know, Gotham alleys. Think about all the, this movie is like constantly raining. It's constantly wet. You can only imagine what it smells like. Think about the neon aesthetics. Uh, you know, that we think about with Gotham and then think about like the twins even that are like bouncers at the Iceberg Lounge. Like not only how like almost absurd that is, but like om- like also a little bit funny and how it's like reminiscent of the cartoons even, you know, that, you know, the anime series that I grew up with. Ryan, you just joined. So let's let's hear your like kind of general thoughts here on the Batman. Right, Do you like it? Uh, uh, yes, I think it's a fantastic fucking movie. I think it's the best work anyone has done with the Cape Crusaders since the Nolan films. Um, 
I think it does a lot of things actually better than the Nolan films in the way of what you guys were mm. talking about. Gotham feels like a character. I I like that. I like that this Gotham is it has a statement piece to this story, and I think that's really interesting. Um, and also I just like the use of um, fear throughout this movie in different like emotional feeling weight. Because that's something I really liked about this film is it didn't need to overly show us gore or anything to make you feel really unsettled by what the Riddler did. The Riddler was just unsettling. Now it can be able to, of course, the performance. The performance was amazing, but the the grounded was just a little bit more than what would happen in the normal world. Uh, really made him a terrifying character. So I think that helped the movie a lot. In my eyes, it's a good film. Door. Dude, I'm so happy you brought up performance here because this is a great segue. We can finally talk about, and Ruben kind of alluded to this earlier, actually, so we can bring it in now. Of course, we've got to talk about Robert Pattinson as Bruce slash Batman, which I'm going to say, I'm going to lay it right here on the table. I fucking adored. This is an incredible Batman. Probably probably like up there in like one of my favorite Batmans. You know what I mean? It's so good. What are your guys' thoughts on Robert Pattinson as Batman? Ryan, go ahead. All right. Um, great bat, terrible Bruce Wayne. But that's a that's a good that, thing, but, though, right? That that makes his bat better for where his bat is in the story. But I can see that being a criticism people have. Bruce Wayne, it never feels like he is not Batman because he hasn't developed that skill yet. Or this Batman may never. Like, where? Well, oh, it's right. time to interact with the public. I need to be this. I need to be just the rich guy of, of Gotham, all this kind of thing. Doesn't and, seem like this... he ever reached there. He is just brooding and wanting to punch people in the face. That is all Robert Pattinson's Batman is wanting to do. And, and this I is get... why I go back. To... Yeah. And that's why I go back to my comment about, like, this is an origin story kind of Batman, right? Clearly inspired by year one. Uh, in the movie, it's, it's year two Batman. But yeah, Ryan is right because mm-hmm. he still hasn't learned how to be Bruce. That's one of the things why I found this movie so fascinating. But yeah, you're you're right. There are a lot of people who are complaining or you know criticizing this movie, saying like mm-hmm. he's not a playboy, and it's like, well, you know, it's not the point. He, he's not there yet as as Bruce. But you know, no, not no, to say those criticisms aren't, aren't valid is... if that's not what you're into. Mm-hmm. This is someone who was a just just got done learning all the karate, traveling around the world, doing all that. And is now right to use that skill he's learned now as a crime fighter for what? Mm. Yeah, two years, right? Yeah, two, two years. years. Is what yeah. it he's was. Year two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think out of the whole movie, all the performances were really well done. I thought this movie was wonderfully casted. Uh, Gordon. Ruben may have some other thoughts. In this. Hold, mm. hold off on Gordon here, because Ruben might have some other thoughts okay. on Batman. I'm, I'm very curious. Okay. So I have to agree with Ryan. Uh, obviously, Christian, you nailed it on the head. Uh, his, I would say he's more the character that he's playing is Batman, and like it's you. Christian said it's Bruce Wayne, Batman. I would say it's Batman, Bruce Wayne. I know that's kind of like getting into the semantics, but uh, Ryan said it best, where he was like uh, basically said he he wasn't that good of a Bruce Wayne, but. To Christian's point, it's okay because that's where he's in. That that's the moment 
in his life that he's in where he doesn't really give a shit about Bruce Wayne. He is just focusing on the, the mission. And that is why I think it's perfect. Even though I don't like it, it's still perfect. Um, I would also say, Oh, there's so many things I have to say, but I, I don't know how to say it. Let, let's let Eric give his thoughts and then we'll, we'll go back to you. Okay. Um, so I think this is the best portrayal of who Batman is on screen we've ever seen. Um, specifically, there are like little details sprinkled throughout. One, the first thing I noticed, he doesn't call himself Batman. Like, in the very beginning, you see when he's writing in his diary and stuff, it's called Gotham Project. Mm. Yes. Like, he's starting this out. He's seeing if this can work. And Ruben, actually, like, semantics, you were talking about earlier, it's a very distinct point. Yeah. Because, you know, um, if I can email it to y'all quickly, uh, there's this Batman psychology book that I read. Uh, he became Batman the moment his parents were killed. Hmm. Like, the moment he that happened, it it got locked in. And I think he's still trying to figure this out. And you can see in Robert Pattinson's performance, he is anxious, he is nervous when he's not in that bat suit. Yep. When he's like Bruce Wayne, when he ha- when he can't do anything Batman as Batman, he doesn't like it. He he clearly is unsettled by it. Um but when he's got the suit on, he is confident, he is an apex predator, he is all of these things that make Batman great. And I know we're going to get into it later, but there's one specific line that the Riddler tells him. Then, like, there it is. That's how they got, they got it. They nailed Batman on the head right there. And um, he's just, it's so great how they finally, because my problem with the Nolan movies is that he was Bruce Wayne who happened to use Batman sometimes. Yes. Like, he, 100%. Batman was the mask. This one, like he is Batman. Bruce like he just happens to be Bruce Wayne sometimes. Yeah. And well, he I'm pretty sure he's okay. vengeance. He hasn't figured out, you know, that Bruce Wayne is a useful tool as Batman. Uh, but yeah, it's like Kevin Conroy said when he does his performance as Batman, Bruce Wayne is the performance. Like that's that's the oh. so Conroy the goat. Conroy the goat. And so he he gets Batman. Matt Reeves gets Batman. Like, this is the best telling we've had of Batman on screen. And, and here, you, you mentioned a comment here that I want to bring up, because I, I want to partially agree with you. And you said that he's not comfortable in, in, in like, the Bruce Wayne costume, which you're, you're right. Like, I'm, I'm agreeing with you there. But there are moments in the movie where you see, like, the facade of Bruce Wayne transition back into Batman. And it's specifically, it's the fucking eyes. And sometimes it's back and forth. I'm going to mention two two moments here. Like obviously we're in spoiler territory now. Okay, there's your there's your pause for spoilers. It first happens, it's the switch of the eyes when he sees the mayor's kid is now, you know, kind of an orphan, right? His father died. And he his his eyes switch from Batman to Bruce Wayne there because he's relating to this kid on just like an emotional level like he knows what that's felt like. And there's another shift in the eyes uh, in the funeral scene in the like church when Bruce Wayne is walking through trying to identify people, like who is the Riddler, you know, 
criminals go back to the scene of the crime, right? They're going to want to witness this, uh, this thing. And so he switches from Bruce Wayne to Batman, even though he's in the Bruce Wayne, like, costume. And like, I don't know, those, those subtle shifts of Robert Pattinson's eyes is like one of my favorite things about this depiction of Batman. It's so freaking cool. He acted so well with just his eyes. I agree with you. I 100% I agree. There's also uh, one other thing I want to bring up when we talk about his performance of Batman. And that is, I like that this Batman is kind of green at what he's doing. He kind of gets his ass kicked throughout the entirety of this film. And Dude. Just keeps going. He he's taking punches with the rest of them, and he's rolling with them. And I thought that was yeah, a really I mean, cool way to do this character. Of he's he's just grit and determination, and that's the sport. That is what the Batman is, and I like that. Yeah, Batman was scared twice in this movie. Once, when he was fearing Alfred's for Alfred's life, right, and he admits that he he had one fear left: lose people be loved. But on a Batman level, when he reaches the top of like Gotham PD, and he's scared for a second he's like he's really high up and he has to jump and then he puts his fucking suit on and jumps for the first time it's so cool man i would say he's also scared when he got blasted in the chest with a double barrel shotgun and had to inject himself with what's maybe venom what is the green liquid he injected himself when i hope that's a plot point i would Just have adrenaline. Said, yeah that's what i would have thought I it's re, adrenaline ain't called like that though. I feel like if you make it neon green in a bat film, I mean, it could be Venom. Uh, Bane stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It this. could I think be. It's gonna, I think that will be what he does. I think. I I love the juxtaposition, uh, Ryan, between you and me. I have all the makeup on and in the dark, and you have anime waifu girl behind you. <laughs> yes, dude. Uh, like flashbacks to me recording animation last week and just staring at Ryan's computer. <laughs> you can't see it as well with this camera setup, but last week um, I was just staring at it. Uh, so some more performances, and we can just bring up like general movie moments with them as well. Uh, obviously, the biggest one I think for me is Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon. This is my favorite James Gordon. It is so freaking cool watching these two bros sleuth out a like an actual mystery. Uh, them two working to, together as detective, right? As detectives. Sorry. That's probably my favorite part of the movie is like, let's solve this case together. And it that takes you through for the most of the movie. It's so cool. I, for one, love the fact that it's year two and he's just rolling into crime scenes with James Gordon on uh, by his side. And he's just like, all right what's happening here? And he's just looking with his fucking contact and he's just searching the whole crime oh. scene, taking everything in. And the I'm contact. like, fuck yes. That's exactly what I want from a Batman movie. And you know what? I'm jumping way ahead here, but I'm going to go with it anyway. What if, for a sequel, if we get a sequel, I sent this in the chat this afternoon, we get an Arkham Asylum movie. And it's just fucking detective work here and there. Oh my god, I would fucking die. I'm gonna. No, I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll save it. Okay. We are getting the Arkham Asylum TV show though, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is also uh, on, uh, also a Penguin TV also... show. <laughs> no, those are two separate shows. There's Don't a they? Gotham PD show getting made, and then yeah, there's yeah. one about the Icebox no. Lounge. Gotham PD made. is no longer. It's changed into Arkham Asylum. It's changed and into the Arkham Asylum. Yeah. And then yeah, there's yeah. a Penguin show also in the works. Right, 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 right. 
But it's just yeah. crazy to think that we're getting a Colin Farrell penguin show where he's, he, you could barely Colin realize, fucking Farrell. realize I, it's him. I want to talk about the penguin for a minute because I thought that was one of the best portrayals of penguin ever done. He, he felt right. He had the skeeziness to him, all that. And he also had that. He knew when he was beating, he's like, oh, well, don't, don't kill me here. And all that. He fit the, he fit the neo-noir, like, pulp feel this whole movie's trying to have so well. Especially the scene under the bridge. I yeah. loved that scene. I'm like, this is, this is hitting, um, exactly the beats I want this film to hit. Because, I don't think of this film as a action movie. I think it's a movie of a couple action set pieces. Yes. I would put this down as like neo noir mystery if I had to yeah. really start genre defining it. Absolutely. And I think that's what makes this movie amazing is the way that works in. And then you get like this Gordon, the way this Gordon talked and everything, it felt straight out of those kind of films. Mm. It was perfectly laid out in that way. So I think it really added to the character for that Gordon. Eric, how about you? And any thoughts on Gordon? And or we can throw in Oz is here as well. In here as well. I thought it was really good that, you know, uh, Batman trusted him and didn't do the, I gotta do this on my own. Like he was, you know what? Let's do this together. You're right. I, I, I'm trusting you here. Like there was a moment, you know, where that trust was almost kind of broken when they were in the lockup. But, you know, Gordon still trusted Batman and oh, Batman, you know, saw through that. And um, I, I enjoyed their uh, chemistry together, especially the thumb drive scene. I thought that was funny. So good. I thought that was a nice little joke. That like, was a good one. I, I enjoyed that. It wasn't he wasn't, you know, super serious all the damn time where he didn't crack it. Like, no joke. Like, I enjoyed the you got a lot of cats and I enjoyed the thumb drive. I thought that, that was yeah. it was nice. Um, yeah, like the, the movie isn't totally dark. It knows when to be yeah. lighthearted, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I thought Gordon was was really good. Um, I'm excited to see more of him because um, he did he did do a very good job. Uh, as for Oz, you guys, there's not much more I can add that you guys haven't already mentioned. Uh, it was great, especially like the first meeting. He's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Take it easy, sweetheart." That's like, so that, good. It's so that's good. very that'd be very penguin like. Like, you know, he's got Batman beating the crap out of all his guys, and he's just, like, no fear or anything. Um, just like, let's slow this down a little bit. For me... Yeah, and I enjoyed that they had a conversation, like, yeah. in his office. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's straight out of, you know, a, an animated series yep. show. It's not like, like, I gotta beat you up, you're the Penguin. It's like, no, I have to talk but, to you. We're gonna work together. By the way, Warner Brothers just tweeted out today the clip of Batman fighting through the Iceberg Lounge for the first time when he first goes in. Which is just like an absolutely phenomenal scene. God, the, the the way the beat hits in that to the punches is amazing. Listen, good God, is it good? The perfect, I think the perfect uh, clip from this movie is where Batman walks into the police uh, station and everybody's up in arms because like they think Batman is is the one that's helping uh riddler or whatever i forget what the that part of the story but um jim gordon is over here and his boss is like all right listen man you need to get him the fuck out of here or we need to lock him up or something again that's not really the point the point of the matter is he punches jim gordon in the face 
And Jim's like, all right, just, you, you got to punch me. You got to make this look believable. He punches him in the face. He didn't pull he it either. gets away. All you see is a shit ton of cops looking for this man. And he just gets his fucking grapple hook gun and just shoots up from the to the top of the staircase. It's fucking mm. perfection. With, with the Michael Giancino score, like, yes. ramping up with the Batman oh, theme. So By the way, so that so theme, good. there's, like, three or four different renditions of that theme, and every time it, it's so fucking good. I have two notes, Ruben. One, I like that scene a lot, too. One, because it's funny, because I, I love Jeffrey Wright just, like, whispering, punch me. Uh, exactly. Like, I love the, 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 the um, relationship that these two are building. Not only yes. is it just uh, a work relationship, it's more of, like, a uh, you guys have all have said it's it's a relationship that's blossoming into not friendship per se but a partnership which is perfect yeah it's, it's perfect it's perfect yeah. chef's kiss one of the reasons why i like that scene too is like it's so small uh and he like asks like is that that boss that you meant ruben mentioned like is that you think you're saying he moonlights as like a, a goon for like these these people like no i'm saying he moonlights as a cop like that small differentiation it's a small line like really hammers it's home so, like it, it, how corrupt gotham is that line hit me when i was watching it during the film I'm like oh shit this this is this kind of batman okay yeah I get um, and then this. i I, don't, I thought of something else too and it's from the very beginning of the movie so i'm gonna go back for a second because i thought about the score uh and it's like the opening when like he's robert panton is like reading his journal to the you know the audience or whatever you know what i mean the voiceover and he's saying how like He's utilizing fear as a tactic, right? They think I'm in the shadows. I am the shadows. And there's, like, numerous shots around Gotham where it's just, like, total darkness. And people think that Batman's coming out. Yeah. And he's in none of them. Yeah. Which is, one, amazing. But when he actually does come out, it's, like, the slowest so steps scary. ever. And it's yep. terrifying. Yeah. I was just about to say, is there any way we can talk about the first five minutes that are absolutely incredible? I'm, I'm sitting there with my buddy and watching it. And I'm just like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> the guy the guy next to me, uh, he's sitting with his friend, and the first five minutes were just him going, Dick. Like, yeah, dude. This is sick as hell. Yeah. Like, of course. And the sound design when Batman walks, you just feel it. Yep. And just like oh. that slow entrance, and I'm just like, oh I'm scared. No, this is a uh, this is a theater film. This is one this is one to go see in the in the box office, big style, all that kind of deal. Because mm -hmm. it the sound design in this movie was next level. The I thought that was some of the best part. The sound and the score, the way Batman walked, yeah. the way the punches didn't have like a fake crunchiness to them. They this felt like they were hitting really, really yeah. hard. Yeah. Because like, that's one of my problems with um, Batman v Superman when he goes off the rails and starts beating the shit out of dudes. Is it feels almost too hard he's punching. But this felt right. Also, like again, this Batman takes hits. It's like it's he's still green. Yeah. But I absolutely. think that whole beginning segment really shows that the town is scared of him, but he isn't this all present being he is just he wants one person to be able to tell that story and keep the rumor of him growing so the fear will always be there yeah by the way ryan before we move on mm -hmm. you may want to turn off your camera and then turn it back on i got you no, no okay yeah I, we, we did you were frozen a while ago but i did love the line when he goes on top to see gordon he's like oh you you could have pulled your punches i did 
Yeah. Yeah, I love... Thank you, Eric. That's a great line as well. And if We I haven't re- talked about Zoe... Huh? I was just going to say, if I remember correctly, uh, d- did he do a disappearing act on Gordon? No. No? I think he did, he did a disappearing he act on one of the other cops. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Okay. I, I forgot who it was. Oh, God. So great. One person we haven't mentioned uh, is Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle. Of course, you know her as Catwoman, which... Uh, my I had a, a friend over this weekend. He said he was like he like was kind of indifferent. Uh, to me, I thought like the the Catwoman stuff was absolutely incredible. Like the relationship between um, Batman and Catwoman, I, I thought like them growing, like Batman learning to be more empathetic with like actual people, I thought was like really cool to see. And like what a nice, actual, decent like strong Catwoman. And the, the one I have a recent comparison is like, you know, Anne Hathaway in The Dark Knight Rises, which I, I don't remember at all. But Catwoman in this movie is 100% memorable. Yeah, I would have to say that she was something that I was afraid of. Like uh, we had we, there's always that thing in comic book movies where you're like, OK, let's not get too crazy here. You're putting in a little too much in this movie. It's a three hour movie. We don't want to oversaturate what you're trying to do. Um, but Catwoman was for me a surprising, not twist, but a, a surprising spin on what I'm used to, you know, I'm used to her just, I guess the closest I can think of is the animated series where she's just sure. like out for herself, but she's, she's not in this movie. And it's, it's great to, for me to see, um, just a different side of the character. It makes me root for the Selena Kyle and Bruce Wayne romance that we get to see in the, um, in the comics. And either, yeah, either Eric or Ryan, if you want to jump in on Catwoman as well. Yeah. I'll, well, I'll say my piece on Catwoman. Um, I thought she was, um, really well done for someone with not a lot of acting experience. I thought Zoe Kravitz did an amazing job with her. And I thought the chemistry between her and Robert Pattinson's Batman was real. It was r- perfect. The kind of energy and stuff I wanted coming off of a Batman and Catwoman, especially a, a year two Batman. And his first uh, time meeting Catwoman, I thought was all perfect. Mm-hmm. She toes that line perfectly of good guy, bad guy, like... Yeah, the I I'm I'm Especially stealing, the but she's stealing from itch, and she's like, I'm just gonna go mess around with the people of Bloodhaven. Also, I like the shout out whenever they do that kind of thing to Bloodhaven. All that I thought was super cool, and I can't wait to see what they do with her in the the next upcoming films for this because she definitely will be returning. Yeah, strongest point for me is watching them work together on on the case, like. Okay, I have to give a shout out here. So I'm sorry, Eric. I'm gonna I'm gonna go first if that's okay. There's a moment um, when uh, Batman is like getting a contact into Selena's eye, right? And, and she kind of gives the sentiment like, you know, don't you care about me? Like about, about my safety? Like you don't even know me. And there's a shot of Batman like like a close up uh, looking right at Selena. And you think the movie's gonna do like kind of that tropey thing where he gives like a line saying like, "No, I'll protect you, right? Like, you know, I'll keep you safe." And it doesn't. Batman sticks to the fucking mission, and he says, "It looks good." 
referring to the contact in his eye. You find out he was looking at the contact in his eye the whole yeah. time to make sure nobody else can see it. That is that is Batman and, and Selina Kyle like like early on, like to a T. It was so freaking cool. And then watching them, yeah, of course, you know, she's walking through the iceberg lounge and he's like on the comms. Just incredible f- stuff. Okay, Eric, go. I thought I thought she did a good job. Uh, nothing like, like I, hmm, phrasing here I could use. I I wasn't like blown away or anything, but I thought she did a really good job. Um, like she she did a good Selena Kyle. Like that's what that's what she did. She did the job, and I think she did really well. Uh, I'm excited to see more of her. And it's just I that's was it wasn't one of the performances that I was blown away by, but it's still really good. It's really good job there. Yes. Uh, do we potentially see uh, a spinoff movie for Selena Kyle? Is one needed? No. I would just merely ask. You know? A HBO show wouldn't be out of the question, though, I think. I could see, like, a six-part HBO show. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I I've heard, like, that. in Bloodhaven or something. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Interesting. I will say... Um, I just can't believe I forgot this. We do get the probably quintessential Batman moment with Selina, and that's when she's um, considering taking Falcone's life, and Mm. he does the, if you cross that line, you're no better than he is. And they really, Matt Reeves really stressed that Batman has the no-kill rule. He is not going to kill anybody, because if you look past at all the other Batman movies... Every single one of those Batman have killed somebody. If they didn't directly do it, they indirectly did it. Batman begins. I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. Like, um, Dark Knight, he literally tackles Harvey Dent off of a cliff. Or off of a building. Kills him. We say this, Eric, but let's, let's also keep in mind that the whole chase scene with penguin did end up in a huge explosion on the freeway with multiple cars surrounding (laughs) batman's batmobile Uh, yes and also Uh, in the beginning of this movie he literally beats this man to a pulp (laughs) he could don't know if he's dead that's very bad don't know if he's dead but he could very well be brain dead just took an ass whooping it's fine i still think it's very important that they introduce like the The no no kill kill rule rule. yes yes no yeah very it's very important um to Batman, like that's his main thing. That's the thing right there. Um, and so I thought that was really well done, especially yeah. like in the line when she's about to kill him. It's like he deserves to pay. Like, don't throw away your life for for that. Your life doesn't yeah. have to end too because you do that. And I thought that was that was really well done. That's a better scene, to be honest, than the one I was thinking of, which is uh, Jim and Batman going into like the orphanage near like. I mean, nearing the third act of no, the movie, that, that, that and Batman bad. goes, "No guns." And Gordon goes, "Hey, that's your thing, man." Yeah, <laughs> again, just like, like two bros out in the. Kiss. I don't have the bulletproof bat suit on right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, what a bat suit! Oh, okay. We haven't even we... talked about the bat suit, dude. It's sexy, right? Oh, it's a hot suit. It's a hot suit. I would say I had I, I have a big problem with the uh, mask. That's about it what okay i like, give you that. It, it's it's yeah. more uh somebody had pointed it out on twitter it's more of um like the nose is very venetian mask and 
Uh, I, I, he does. He can breathe out of his nose, so he's not going to be a mouth breather. Like yeah, but he could also break his nose mouth very breather. easily. <laughs> My Batman yeah. is not a mouth breather. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. the headline for this show. My Batman is he not a mouth breather. <laughs> Oh be. no, he 100 percent is. That man doesn't know how any of that works. He he's figuring it out, but and he doesn't I, need to. It's very homemade. I think that's what's to show really this. Like he's yeah. got very crude technology. Like it's it's pretty. It's, some of it's pretty advanced. Yeah, but it's still I think very early stages. I yeah. would also. I would have liked to see him getting the gun from Joe Chill. Joe, yeah, Joe Chill. Mm. Right. Right. That's that's it. Yeah, that's who killed. Yeah, Thomas. okay, Jojo. Just to see like him incorporating the suit. You know, I understand that this is a, a, a year two, but it would have been nice to see him get some type of uh, vengeance on the man who murdered his parents. More, more on vengeance later. But for now, there's two more characters I want to introduce, and then we can just continue hopping around the, the rest of the movie because we've covered a, a decent amount of stuff, and there's still some stuff I want to bring up. Uh, John Turturro as Carmine Falcone, which I thought was absolutely incredible. Like, just fantastic. Yeah, Ruben's already celebrating it. I, I love that man so much. To so death. good. His Falcone was amazing. And then, of course, Paul Dano as fucking the Riddler is incredible, dude. What an amazing performance by both of those freaks. <laughs> now... I, I, I- Go ahead, Ryan. You can go, Ruben, and I'll go after you. I was just going to say, I don't know much about Paul Dano, so uh, you guys are going to have to tell me what else has he done. He's a freak in every movie. He's dude. nothing nothing like this. This is the, the the most like outrageous thing I think he's done. Okay. He did do that one like, movie where Daniel Radcliffe was... Oh, dead. I was about to bring up Swiss Army Man, but... And Swiss Army Man, he's playing he's playing the straight guy. He's 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 not the comedy act for it. He's the guy who's like, What the fuck is happening here? Okay. And that's usually what he plays. And then he's the kid in Little Miss Sunshine, right? Yeah. And then yeah. he's the, the kid with daddy issues and there will be blood and he's like I think he's the oh, man with, with autism and in, in prisoners. Okay. Um yeah, all fantastic roles, but Riddler, like, Paul Dano's Riddler was, like, amazing. And I, I love heard. that it wasn't just totally serious Riddler all the time. We did get, like, one clip of him just being an absolute incel on his little live stream. Yeah. Hey, guys, thanks for 500 followers. Like, that is, like, classic Riddler kind of stuff. Yeah. Not as it's, probably yeah. fantastical as we're used to, but, like, still incredible. It's, but it, it's close to grounded, which, again, yeah, which for sure. falls into the mouth for me. I have a lot, I have actually a good amount of stuff to say on this Riddler, because I think he is one of the highlights of this film. Like mm-hmm. every great Batman movie needs a great Batman villain. And the problem with the Riddler is, in the comics, he's kind of changed into what we saw in the movie today, but in most people's heads, because of the nineteen sixties Batman and Jim Carrey's version, he is just a kooky guy who says riddles and has a green cane and a big question mark on and a bowler hat don't get me wrong jim carrey's rendition quite fun but this there was something to this i remember um my friend turned to me when we walked out of the theater and like i think paul dano did for the riddler what heath ledger did for joker all those years ago and i think i i really agree with that statement yeah that 
when I watch this, I'm like, this is now what people are going to think of when they think of the Riddler. This unsettling, mm-hmm. insane, but also mad genius who I really thought in those, in that, again, another part of my favorite scene in the whole film where Batman and him are talking in between the cell. And he's like, you played your role perfectly. We both did our job. You brought him to the light and all this. And he's just rambling on and like screaming in there and writhing and all this. I'm like, this is just unsettling. So it's every time he's on screen, it's just unsettling. I think that's amazing. Also, the incel stuff of him having a live stream on 4chan, I think is really fucking funny. Yeah. But God, are the comments on it terrifying. You just sit there and read them. Yeah. I also want to add one uh, verb to uh, Ryan's description of the Riddler. Influential. Which I think is going to play a big part in if there is a sequel in the sequel. Um, if what they're hinting at at the end of the movie is what is... Uh, tales to come, I guess. I can, I can speak on that in a minute. Okay. Here. Okay. Uh, well, I'm not. Just, wasn't that all confirmed? Yeah, but it, it's just scary how influential he was. Like the fact that he was able to get a a group of more people to follow his dream, not not his dream, his plan. Out mm. for him while he was in jail is kind of scary. I, well, he did it, it before he was in jail. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, but uh, the, but that's what I'm saying. Like he he was able to get these people to do it, even though he was still in jail. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think that was the unsettling thing. At the end of the day, he may have been the what these these people were these people were all looking for something to push them over the edge, and they just happened to find it online, which is a thing that just does happen in the real world. I think that was the most grounded part of this movie, that the final villain is just a bunch of crazy people with guns. Because that is a real-life fear in this world. I mean, hell, I went and saw this movie opening night. My theater had three cops in it, lining each side. Mm. It's a a fear that's rooted in Batman because of the terrible things that have happened at Batman premieres and all that. So to have that as a major storyline, the end beat is that kind of real-life darkness, I think, adds something to this film that I thought would really need to make it that grounded feel but still have these moments of, that's still a comic book film. Because sure. I'd still call this a comic book movie. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Right. I want to hear Eric's okay. thoughts on the Riddler here before I give my piece. Um, I think uh, what makes it so good is how different it is. Like, um, you know, Ryan was right. We do have our, we do have the, um, first name Frank, who did 66 Riddler. Um, And then you have Jim Carrey Riddler. And then you have the difference. You have Arkham Riddler, who's got that flamboyant nature about him, but he's also very... Fantastic. You know, Saul puts all those people in all the death traps and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, he's very obsessive. And you kind of get that in this movie. But I think the the biggest thing, the best thing about the Riddler is the uh, interrogation that Batman does in Arkham. Thank you. Two, two major things. One the thing I talked about earlier where they get Batman is when Riddler looks at Batman and says, that's you. 
Like I've taken mine off. I've taken my mask off. You can't, because that's you right there. Like that that's that's Batman. Like this is the real him right there, talking to him, talking to Riddler. And I thought that was beautiful. And two, probably the biggest thing in this movie that made me go, okay. Is I like how this movie does try to does bring up social issues. Like this movie does a really good job of when Riddler goes into his little piece talking about Bruce Wayne. You know, it's very sad, but all everyone can talk about is poor Bruce Wayne. Poor Bruce Wayne. And he talks about you know what orphan being an orphan actually is? Like thirty six to a room. Like, no one caring about you, babies freezing. And it really makes you think about the Batman mythos. Like, sure, Bruce was orphaned, but... He had a band. Come from a very privileged background. Yes. And I think to have the crux of the movie come from a fund that's supposed to help the less fortunate really drives it home. Because it just yep. shows the, 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 the major amount of corruption in this city is that people are taking money away from other people who really need it. And, you know, we get to the big reveal, which I love that they kind of went the telltale Batman route and Thomas and Martha were involved in all this. Yep. I love that. Because when I, when I saw that there was a projector, I'm like looking at my buddy, I'm like, oh. Are they telltale Batmaning this, or Tom, has Thomas been involved in all this? And exactly that's what happened. Thomas was involved in this. Now you learn further down the line that it wasn't as, you know, heavy as the Riddler intended, but it just shows that everyone can be corrupted, even mm-hmm. you know Bruce's picture perfect uh, idea of his dad. Yeah. But anyway, yes, Riddler was really, really good. He was unsettling. He was scary. Riddler's music, Riddler's score, very unsettling. Okay. There was one thing I wanted to bounce off of right before, because Eric said it right there real quick. And that was um, how he's like, you, Bruce Wayne isn't what the, the idea of being an orphan is. And there's a scene in that where Falcone is during the funeral scene where he... Bruce Wayne bumps in the Falcone and he's like, and every Falcone's like, whoa, 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 boys, you have you have the you have the crown prince of the city there, and all that, saying that he Gotham has taken care of and protected this kid his whole life, the money that he was already in Gotham's elite, he was fine forever, and I think that really shows the difference there in those characters, yeah, and all that. I just want to add that part to it. Thank yeah, God. good point. I want to jump on something that Eric said real quick as well. First of all, I love that the whole movie has different characters reminding Batman that Bruce Wayne is a privileged person because, one, that just rocks because it's true. But two, uh, speaking on the Riddler stuff, the interrogation scene, and I'm going to include what Ryan said way earlier as well. Like, when I think about Heath Ledger and why the Joker worked, it's because that interrogation that the Joker has, not the, like, actual, but, like, the thematic interrogation of, like, order versus chaos and really like proving that like how chaos can really undermine like everything we know about order very quickly and that like really affecting batman the same thing is happening with the riddler but with like mental illness like 
the Riddler is, I don't want to go far. He's deranged for sure. But like, he is like a troubled person. And like, when we're looking at that interrogation scene, to me, that that's a mirror. Like Batman is like, is really having to like fight off the fact that like me and this guy are actually more similar than we are different. And that I think really hits home in the climax, which I, I want to save for just a bit later because we still have to talk about like uh, some major like our favorite moments during the movie. I have one critique here that I just remembered. I totally forgot to bring up one character in this in this film, and it's my one crit- actual critique, which is um, Andy Serkis's Alfred. A great Alfred, don't get me wrong. I loved like the emotional kind of arc that was there between the two. It was not also not enough. He was barely in it for me and I, I wanted a bit more of like alfred as like this moral guideline there and he kind of, he kind of as michael soon as he's Kane. out of the wanted, movie he's out you wanted more michael Caine. michael Caine is good and like no i don't want more michael Caine. i just wanted more like, oh, in the alfred sense of like, Bruce, like michael talking okay okay well i i was more saying like you wanted michael Caine's uh attachment to bruce like showing for me, that it's that's even, the, the that's the peak of Alfred. Sure, it's not even so much the attachment; it's um, Alfred really being the reminder, like to step into the light, like to be yeah. this hopeful figure. Um, granted, I don't think that would work thematically with how the climax ends up happening, mm-hmm. but it still would have been nice to have more like reminders that Al- like Alfred, like really trying to pull Bruce out a little bit, right, and not just be like Batman all the time. But still, what we got was still really good. The the freaking what is it called? I was about to bring that scene up. It, that scene got me. I was like, cufflinks. The cufflinks. The scene, cufflinks. Yeah. So like, good. Your father gave me the thirty years ago here. I'm, and he's like, what about all that? The whole thing of the he basically is Bruce's dad, and the coming to terms of that, and Bruce realizing all that, and kind of mm. those moments were so great. I just wanted more of those moments. I completely agree with you, Christian. They underutilized yep. what I think is one of the best Alfreds we've seen in a long time. Yep, absolutely. I would say the uh, to counteract Christian's point, the reason why that um, Andy Serkis's Alfred doesn't really give him to that that push to be the hope is because Batman doesn't really know it's he doesn't really know what he's this is just a project to him you know like he's he's testing the waters to see if it actually works and I'm with you I think Bruce is like super arrogant like he he's not changing until something happens and and really like he has to be shown before he changes which why I agree with you why it wouldn't work but yeah I don't know okay let's just talk about some of our favorite moments before we like get into the climax for me, obviously like a big one that we haven't even talked about is the Batmobile and how amazing that sound design is when that freaking engine is revving up. Oh my God. So good. So good. The minute that he, uh, um, he starts up the engine where, uh, they're in the warehouse just, and it just, you just see headlights coming out mm. from the darkness is fucking chilling but it's also so good oh my god it's perfect don't know if it's been discussed yet but uh the whole batmobile in general in this film that's a sexy ass batmobile that that yeah. god i hate i i love the nolan films the dark knights are my favorite movies all the time i hated the tumbler oh, god, god i hated it it was a terrible batmobile 
the Batmobile and this just being a muscle car with a mid-engine rocket engine. Yeah, no, that's dope. That that whole scene with him chasing the penguin is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, the my only wish is they did not show him walking out of um, the flames in the trailer. I wish that was safe for a theater. Because that moment, if I did not see that moment coming, I was like, oh, my God. It's insane, dude. And they filmed it, like, in the hardest way possible, which is just anchoring the cameras on on the actual cars. It's just all practical, which works for the movie. But, like, goddamn, they're insane. They are. They did the filming. I mean, all I'm saying. I like how, first off, Frank, thank you. I was going to mention that. I was waiting for... Uh, thank you, Frank. Uh, I loved how in that scene, Batman is filmed as the monster. Like he's mm. the one. He's the he's the terror right now. Like Penguin is very scared. Like this this is a this is a equivalent to a slasher chasing somebody in a horror film. That's what I got with this chase. Like Penguin is scared. He is desperate. Um, especially like that moment of rush when he's like, Oh my God, I got you. I got you. And like in some horror movies that, that does never works. And Batman just, and I'm just like, Oh, so good. Um, you just see his jaw drop. Yeah. It's, it was just so great. Um, God, what, what an awesome car. And I love that it's practical too for right now. Yeah. Like he, it's he's not at that stage right now where like it's kind of theatrical like the other Batmobiles. Like this is practical. I'm gonna be fast. I'm gonna come after you, and that that kind of goes with the whole Gotham project right now. He's still figuring this out. Right. So I think maybe down the line we're gonna get a more refined Batmobile. But I also just love that he's been working on this in the Batcave or whatever it is he's got going on right now under the tower. Oh um, my God, the Batcave with actual Bat hangout. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought that was great. Uh, and especially like I love the line in the beginning, um, when he when Bruce is like, I don't care what happens to me. Like that was really good. Like that's very year one. And it reminded me of the scene in Arkham Origins when Bruce is yelling at Alfred saying, like, I'm the reason why the mugger stops and thinks about what he does. Like I'm the reason why people just breathe a sigh of relief whenever the sun rises. So I, I don't care what happens to me. Like everyone else is gonna, it's just oh, so, so good. Hmm. I'm gonna list off some more favorite moments here that I have, and I just have to reemphasize Greg Fraser's cinematography here, like because specifically the lighting in this movie is just absolutely rips. It reminds me of how the animated series would start with a black canvas instead of a white canvas, and they would slowly add like color. This felt the exact same way, where it was like practical effects in the practical effects in the actual movie lighting our subjects. Uh, there's three scenes, obviously, that I think of. One is the club scene when he when he's going in the Iceberg Lounge, phenomenally lit. Uh, the second is um, the hallway scene with Batman being shot at with like live like not live rounds, obviously, but like blanks, you know, oh on set, and it's him actually walking through it. The fact that that's lit, a but... practical scene is Dude. so fucking cool. Right? Me and my friend uh, were talking about that this weekend for like an hour. I'm just like, oh God, the idea for that is so good. Fucking rocks. And then third, obviously, the flare being in the light. Yeah. Embodying that light. 
in that the darkness. Hope of, the hope of Gotham. Ah, oh. what a movie, man. Um, do we? Because uh, I know uh, Travail said he has the yeah, question. I have questions here. Okay. Oh, you have questions. Awesome. Oh, uh, just two. Oh, just two. Either way. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, either way. Uh, awesome. I really. Um. Oh, fuck. I had something. Someone else talk about. I have lost my train. Oh. I really just love the scene when he's going to the iceberg grounds for the first time and the twins open the door. You know who I am. Uh, you better get out of here before all the blood gets in that suit. Mine or yours. I'm like, oh. oh. oh it was so good. I made it audible. Just, ooh, <laughs> when that happened. God, it was good. <sighs> I, I like reading tweets of people who are like moaning during like various scenes. And it just depends on person. <laughs> to person. It's like, like Zoe Kratz walking in, just like a moan or, you know, Robert Pattinson doing something. I've seen those. They're funny. I I did see one tweet that was the perfect review for this. It's like, man, <laughs> um, the Batman was so freaking boring. I fell asleep after I orgasmed after the first five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. That's really funny. Okay, I covered all my favorite, like most of my favorite moments. You want to throw in a speak pipe question in here? Yes. Are we saving that till later? No, no, we could throw it in here. Okay, so we got two questions from Travail. So here's the first one. Oh man, threw in two questions. This weekend. Um I love the chemistry between Bat Pattinson. Yeah, are you starting with this first one or the second one? This is the first uh, one. Zoe Cat. But do you think you maybe it would have been cool? Yeah, I can hear it. If they would have pushed the envelope just a little bit and uh let Zoe Cat kind of do her own thing catch a feeling that she would have checked box other when it comes to like sexuality anyway just a thought thanks guys play his other one i want the context okay hey i'm just curious what your favorite bat suit is i think this one is my favorite <laughs> mostly because it feels like um it's something that could have been created by a survivalist Somebody out there in the wild. Um, all the little gadgets and fun things in his suit felt functional. Um, anyway, just my thoughts. Thanks. I I love the pipeline in Travail's head from going from what's your favorite bat suit to hmm. Sorry, I... was Travis unhealthily sexualized? <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got a point. Yeah. But I also don't think it's necessarily a, a bad thing that, you know, I, I think she's not sexy for the for the purposes of, of pleasure in the movie, just to answer Travail's question. I think sexiness is just a side effect of, of like, uh, the way she's, like, utilizing her body language to, like, maneuver through her situations. Exactly. Like, her in the ice, uh, Iceberg Lounge is, is phenomenal, the way that she, like, is dipping and dodging people and the way that she's able to get her way with the uh the guy that's just sitting uh with a group of his friends yeah the da oh my god it it, it's perfect just enough for it to work where she doesn't need it to be on 24 7 you know especially when she leaves the iceberg lounge and she's like she's calling a cab and she's just like no yeah right and and so in the end of this film she's holding a cat when they're talking before they drive off on their separate motorcycles 
I did not see a cat carry on her motorcycle. Was that just a random cat she found? That that's my only critique of Catwoman in this. I'm no, like, I think she that? put it in the book bag. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm like, where the fuck are you keeping that? Yeah, yeah. But no, I thought. Um, I'm I'm a Christian. I think there's just it was a side effect of it being not intentionally like that wasn't the point of her character was to be the eye candy. I think she had a lot more deeper roots in the story than that. Yeah. Um, And then for his second question, I'll start this off. This is my favorite bat suit. This is, I thought, it's not even a question. Like, I, I love the Nolan suit, don't get me wrong. The armor in it and stuff is awesome. But the one fact that this suit has taken the bulletproof cape idea and made it his whole suit, really cool. And the second thing that sold me on it was when he was dangling from the electrical line and he pulls this out and it's a, the batarang is on his chest. Ugh. Because I'm like, this makes sense now. Why the fuck is it? Was he just self-promoting this entire time back in when it's just been a logo on his chest for the rest of every other suit? I'm like, I like that there's a reason for him having a big ass bat on his chest. Just makes sense. And it's yeah, that, used... that's a knife and everything. He used it earlier too to get like cut something to get. Yeah, into yeah. He used it as a to get into back. the police um and through Fuck. police tape. He just cut it open. Nah, this 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 suit is sexy. It's it's a hot suit. Is it my favorite? Maybe not. Like I I, I do like the the Ben Affleck like cloth look and like how bulky. Obviously, it's a padded suit as well. Like they're all padded, but it still like looks cool. Like when I think Batman, it's like kind of like more cloth material. This would be a very close second. Also, Ben Affleck had probably like 50 pounds on Robert Pattinson. That's uh, true, yeah. He, well, he was ripped when he was playing Batman. Yeah. Never forget the goat. Eric, what's your favorite bat suit? Um, let's see. Gotta go with the nipples from Batman and Robin. Stop. I had a feeling Eric was a bat serious. nipples man. No, um... I this suit is just it it's hard to describe how good this suit is. Um yeah, it, it's kind of got like that Arkham Knight vibes where Arkham Knight's yep. fully decked out suit with all the metal on oh, it. Oh yeah, it does look like that. Um but I I do love how homemade it is because it fits with the character right now. Right. And um do I like the cloth suit from Ben Affleck? Absolutely. Like that suit was it, it was it was Dark Knight Returns, just like ripped off the yep. comic book screen. Yeah, it was. So it was gorgeous. Was. And so this one is just it just oh it just it's designed so well and um it makes him seem a lot bigger than he is because you know when he takes his shirt off and when he's at home he's not huge he's not a big dude right. But I like how the bat suit like gives him that look. I think it yep. kind of needs to, especially with all the protection that he's getting. The guy literally took two, multiple shotgun, oh, many bullets, <laughs> but, uh, shotgun uh, shells to his chest, and he was he, he wasn't fine, but like he had no injuries. So I, I think it needs to be, I, I think it needs to be uh, pretty bulky for him. Ruben, I am so happy you brought up the shotgun to the chest because we haven't talked about the climax, and I think this would be a good way for us to kind of wrap up our thematic discussion. Um, of course, uh, Riddler bloods Gotham, which bonkers, absolutely insane that this is actually happening. 
we have our incel group coming to to shoot the mayor and maybe other people that are like in this this center as well um oh they were going to kill everyone they wanted just a funnel pipe for the city gotcha gotcha and here's what what i really like uh, about this scene one we have the like finally have like a mayor who is a good person um like not corrupt seemingly uh, yeah exactly right um but this is where like the the actual origin of batman takes place which is like the whole that we were using the marketing which is i am vengeance batman learning that that line is actually detrimental to what he is doing and saying as Batman and realizing that this is actually causing more of a problem than, than helping at all was like, that is my chef's kiss moment of the movie. It only took him six days to realize that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he's been doing this longer. Yeah. yeah, But like in the beginning of this movie, he, he states that he is vengeance, that he has to do what he has to do to save the city to become Yes. Whatever it is. But, like, the end of this movie, it took him six days to realize this shit is crazy out here. I can't be just going out taking vengeance on criminals. I have to be something better than that. Right. uh, What I related it to was in the beginning of this film, he didn't, he had the Batman feel and all that. And, like, the, but he, the way he monologued to himself and all that, and, like, his journal and all that, he reminded me of Warshak. He reminded me of, oh, yeah. of Warshak from Watchmen because of, like, the way he's, like, monologuing over the cityscapes and all that kind of thing. And he is pushing past that edge of he thinks this whole city is just burning and he needs to try and do anything he can to save it and all that to him realizing when you only live for vengeance and revenge, you end up like... The Riddler. That's what happens. You. That's the man you become. He. He realized that again, and that beautiful, one of my favorite shots in the whole film of him holding the flare, up. He is the hope now of, Gotham. He may bring the. He may bring fear to the criminals in the underworld, but for the people of Gotham, he's a sign of hope and change for that city, and that switch from vigilante who is out there kind of just doing it for his own revenge to i am here for the betterment of the city this is my job now i think is probably the best part of this whole film okay cool i can go go in i can keep going further yeah there's a there's a moment and i have to okay at the beginning of the film we of course get Batman looking at this young child, his eyes softening, right? He's looking at him through the lens of Bruce and not Batman. The second time we see, like, this interaction with the child, again, just with eye contact from across the way at the funeral scene, um, he is looking at the kid again, right? It's, it's this time it's Bruce um, looking at this child, and the child, like, notices, and, like, they make eye contact together one more time. The ter- the The third time we see this happen, man, it's during the flare scene, and Batman is sticking his hand out to rescue people, and no one is grabbing it. And who fucking grabs it but the fucking same kid? He is the first one to to realize that Batman is a symbol of hope and not of something that we should entirely fear. And that, it was like my favorite moment of the movie. It, it It just says so much with just this small character interaction that then allows for everyone else to um, to jump in and be like, okay, we're buying this. Fantastic. 
Absolutely fantastic. 100%. I agree. So when I was leaving the theater, um, I was going to the bathroom, and I saw a bunch of, I want to say they were probably late, early 20s, uh, guys talking about the movie. And a lot of them didn't really understand why. It didn't make sense why Batman would cut that wire and go into the water. And I, I'm like, you guys just don't get Batman. He literally will do that every time. Like he, Say that to their face. <laughs> no, I did not. Because <laughs> I'm just like, I don't want to get into an argument right now. I need to pee. Um, yeah. And so, like, that's what Batman is. Like, sure, yes. Like the the eyes, the look in his eyes. Then we go back to Robert Pattinson was acting. The look in his eyes when the Riddler guy said, "I'm vengeance." Like that turn right there, where he's like, mm. "What?" Um, and I also I remember seeing an anecdotally on Twitter, someone put like the picture with Batman holding the person, and they're walking in the sunlight and stuff, uh, talking about how this isn't like really Batman. It's like he's saving people. That's Superman's thing. I'm like, read a Batman comic, please. Um, cause Batman, you guys are right. Batman is hope for Gotham. Like he is the reason why everyone can enjoy the sun when it rises. Like he is, he will be there for, he will go into the night to take care of the monsters. Like, so yeah. you can have, um, I don't know. I'm rambling on here, but I, I think it was perfect. Especially like when we talked about practically how the flare was used as the light source for the shot. Yep. Um, I thought that was really fantastic. Um, and, you know, just the trust that he had in Selena to help him out, I think uh, is really good. And I like how that's how it ends. Like, it, this yeah. isn't like he, he didn't win per se. Uh, Riddler flooded the city, probably killed a bunch of people. Um, but he realized what he has to do now. And especially like the line when Catwoman was like, I would ask you to come to Bloodhaven, but I think you're already taken. I'm like, Ooh, mm. that's a good one right Perfect. there. Uh, so good. I almost forgot to mention this and I can mention that now since we're at the end. Uh, there was a cameo in this movie, Barry Coogan, another freak. We love to see it as, as the Joker. I totally thought it was two face at first, but it is the Joker. They're doing, I, I was They're, figuring Scarface. That was no, not Scarface. Fucking um, Scarecrow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fair. Um, turns out Matt Reeves really interested in doing a different take on on Joker. Uh, this time around, and not a vat of acid, but uh, a, a congenital disease. Um, and that's like, like kind of the origin of Joker there. Uh, the face effects. I, I forget what I forgot what. I was reading the an article Morris about it. Grin that he wants yeah. him to have and all this kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I found out in reading that um, the Joker was in this movie originally as um, like a Hannibal Lecter-esque kind of scene where Batman goes to interrogate Joker to try to get into the mind of the Riddler to try to like help him figure out this case. Oh. Which, would that have hurt pacing? Probably. They said it in editing, it just didn't work, so I'm going to trust them. But I also think that was just an absolutely incredible idea to be to, to be doing that. Yeah, then the question is, then why, why is it in here in, at all? Sorry, go ahead, Eric. It is a deleted scene, so when it comes out on uh, physical and digital, it, it's a deleted scene that you'll be able to watch. I Amazing for that. I do think it would have been very detrimental to the film if we just saw like Joker's face. Uh, like, let's stick to having him in the shadows, and it's just Batman speaking to this voice that's in the shadows. 
Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure, that sure, way we sure. don't see his face and we don't know who it is, you know. I wouldn't have mind even if they went like really heavy handed with the Hannibal Lecter out and had him in a face mask of some sort, but you could kind of see a grin propping through it. I think that oh. right, right. Think about it for a second, Christian. Okay, that no, that awesome. works, dude. Yeah. That's yeah. that's a great idea. Yeah, and I think what works about this is that Matt Reeves talked about how with this, um, this is a world that's lived in. So like Joker already could have come across Batman before, but maybe not like the version we know him as. And I think it, this goes into like some t- like there was a time when Joker oversaturated the Batman villain market. I, I admit that. Like, the, but like, there's a reason why the Joker is always when you talk about the greatest villains of all time, it's always in the top two, top three, for a reason. Like when you do him right. That is the foil for Batman right there. Right. Like that's the other side of the coin, not taking out Two-Face or something like that. But uh, so when done correctly, it, it, it's good. Like he's got a friend, like Riddler has a friend now. That's something like he wanted. And so I think this is really terrifying for the future of Gotham right now. Because um, I figure when he said like, what what's the, when he said that quote, like you become a clown or something like, oh, yeah. Okay. He's right now. I realize. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. I, so I um yeah. Oh. The scene where these two crazy motherfuckers are just laughing. Unsettling. Yeah. That's then, like Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just gonna go off. Every great joker needs a good laugh, and uh, that's a great laugh they've given this joker. Yep. That's all I wanted to say. Well, you can go on, Eric. I love, like, he sees on the TV that, like, Batman is helping. Like, the Riddler feels like he mm-hmm. maybe have failed right there. Yeah. Batman's in the light. Uh, new mayor, not taken out. So Riddler's plans are kind of foiled, and he's, like, very upset. And that's why he's got this friend right here to help him. So, I, yeah, so good. Last question before we end the show is what you would like to see in a sequel? And I'll, I'll say that I, I don't personally want like a Joker story. If he's involved, then, you know, that's totally cool because I love Barry Coogan um, and I like the Joker. But we've already seen it enough in recent memory that I don't want to see that. But I think it's actually happening. And this is based off like interviews that, that I've seen is they're interested in telling a Hush story, which I'd be interested in because I, I don't know that much about Hush. But from what I heard, it's an incredible storyline. And then, of course, what um, the writers and even the actors have been talking about interviews is that they're also really interested in Court of Owls. But I think Hush is what they're going for instead. So, so. F- I just have to say something. I think the next movie, if they don't go with the, the Arkham Asylum stuff, it's definitely going to be a duality of Hush and Court of Owls. I think they can pull that off, especially with the way that they kind of like put some d- mud on the Tom, the name of Thomas Wayne. Yes. So it would work perfectly if we found out. Oh, Thomas Wayne was d- doing some dirty business on the side, and he also has an illegitimate child. You know. Oh my God! Perfect. And he's also part of the Court of Owls, and he's still alive. Oh my God. Oh. Oh my God. So oh. here's here's my thought on it, and where I want the sequel to go. I think the next um sorry will be Hush, which is a big ensemble cast story for Batman involving Joker, Catwoman, two it involves so many Bat villains. 
And I think that's what these movies are really going to do is um, use an ensemble cast. I noticed in this one, like, we got Penguin, Catwoman. This, I think that's going to be a strength for these films. But I think that will be the next storyline. And I think the last shot will be iconic, like the ending of uh, Batman Begins, where it's a Joker playing card. It's going to be a symbol for the Court of Owls. I think Court of Owls will be Fuck. this story's big magnum opus. Because it is, again, a brand new take on it and all that. But I can't wait for just how well the cinematography is in this. There's a moment in Court of Owls where you are turning the comic book while reading it because Batman is slowly losing his mind, lost in the underground of Gotham. And you begin to lose your mind because every time you look at a new page, you have to start flipping it and rotating it. I can't wait to see how they incorporate that kind of ideas into cinema. Because I think mm-hmm. these people can do it, and the cinematography will be gorgeous for that. So that's where I see it going. Is I see Hush into Court of Owls as the final story. Eric, um, so yeah, I, th- I think those really good ideas. I want like you know more Penguin, Penguin rising up uh, in the ranks and becoming you know kind of like the criminal overlord of Gotham. Um, but yeah, I think Hush would be really good when they had the Hush Easter egg in the movie. It's like, oh, yeah, oh man. Uh, now the thing is, you're not gonna be able to have Superman in this, but uh, you can take that part out with the Hush comic. Um, sure. But I think if you do Hush, here's here's what you do. So you do Hush for the second movie because it kind of still fits with the um, detective motif they want to go with. You can pull the Arkham City route where yeah, um, Hush was taking people's skin and making it look like Bruce Wayne was killing all these people. I was just gonna say that. So and here's how you end the movie. Here's how you end the movie. So, uh, at the end of the second movie, Hush or whoever goes to see somebody. You don't know who. Uh, you see a, a chair or something like that. And they're talking about Batman. Like, how do we deal with Batman? And the person, you know, they say the iconic line. They go, what is the only predator of a bat? And then an owl busts through the window or something like that. Oh, that's so good. And, like, eats a bat. And it's just like, oh, Because, like, that shot in the comic, when owl, like, picks up a bat, oh, it's so good. Um, But, yeah, I think Court of Owls would be awesome. Like, I'm ready to play Gotham Knights this year, even though it doesn't have Batman in it. I'm ready for... um, Uh, Of course it has Batman in it. It There's the rumors that... that... It's got Batman. Huh? They said he's dead. Okay, you heard that? (laughs) They they have said he I don't did. buy it. I don't buy it. I also nah. don't. I yeah, think he I also will be. Yeah, I think he will be nine ninety nine when the game comes out as DLC. Oh, I see him gonna be like a, uh, a I would say main halfway plot point. Okay. Yeah, maybe like seventy five percent of the way through the game, you find out. Oh, look, the He's penguin is actually alive. Bruce Wayne in costume. It's oh. gonna be hard. <laughs> it's Batman. crazy. No, no, it's gonna pull a Metal Gear Solid two. And he'll oh, be yeah, there better. the whole time. We just can't play it. He'll <laughs> <laughs> just, It'll just be, there. be Oracle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if none of that happens, anything, Mister Freeze, because Freeze rocks. Okay. Freeze I, I, I want to know what a grounded Mister Freeze looks like. Matt Reeves says he has an idea. Yeah, he does. It's, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger again. 
on ice about that. It's just Robert Pattinson playing no, the two roles. I believe he actually said that <laughs> it wouldn't be like the, the comic book tropiness of uh, Mr. Freeze. It would just be like a regular doctor that's trying to save his wife and not create all this destruction that he just wants to turn the world into the frozen Iceland in order for his wife to survive. So it's just like a yeah, regular I, Joe Schmo. It's perfect. I both like that and both hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That just pulls him yeah. more into the world of being Captain Cold. Yeah. Out to the true. Flash villain. Yeah. And then we just see Grant Gustin popping in saying hi. Yeah. Well, all right. Are we giving the Batman a score? Yes. Yeah. Christian. Who wants to start? Christian, oh, I'm starting, start. yes. Are are we on the five point scale or ten point scale? We're doing t- uh, twenty point scale, so it's ten point nine point five, eight point five. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, uh, nine point five. Okay, Eric, ten. Ryan, ten. I'm gonna have to go nine point five as well. Uh, 9.75. Yeah. Is that how that works? We're not a, we're not on a twenty point scale. I I'll, I'll give it a ten. You know, just to all right, fine. I guess not, we're giving this know. movie a ten. I guess. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this the penultimate conquest first uh, movie score where we're throwing no. out our first ten as well? Unfortunately, it's not. Spider Man No Way Home got the first ten, I believe. We didn't even review it. Do we it. didn't give it a score. We didn't give it a score. Oh no, that's right. We, gave, we did the, yeah. the, the, the yeah. I'm yeah. like, you guys have your Marvel. Us media gets scores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gave yeah, Dune like, like a four point five or okay. something. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. did. We did. This is true. 10 out of 10 for the Batman. Here's my thing. I have issues with it, but I'm cool overlooking them because the the Batman just rocks. It's so good. Everything else is perfect. Now, I have a question. For you guys personally, where does this rank in the Batman films for you? Ooh. Uh, The live action? Live action. like So no animated or Lego Batman or anything. Just strictly live action. This is probably tied for uh, Dark Knight with me. I would put this as number one. This is my number and, one. Yeah. yeah. Batman Begins. I would put yeah, then I would put Batman Begins two, and then Dark Knight three is what I is what I'd do. That's I would have people. it flip. This is my number one as well. I think the Dark Knight though is a the Dark Knight is a better film if I am critiquing it just off the merit of being a film. The Dark Knight is a near perfect film in my eyes. As a Batman story, this is the best Batman story ever told on cinema. Yeah. And that's where I, I stand can, I, with it. Yeah, I agree with you there. And then Batman Begins is just a great film. There's nothing else like Batman Begins. Oh, good. I love that movie. Yeah. Okay. We did it. We, we've wrapped up the Batman review discussion. Congrats on, on our first, I think, perfect score we've given on the Pulitzer Conquest. Yes. So, 10 out of 10 for the Batman. Congratulations to the Batman. Not perfect. Let's start with some plugs. I'll start with Ryan. Hello. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at RyanTheLion3055 for wherever and whatever I'm doing on this wild world, the internet. Keep an eye out for our uh, review discussion of the final episode, the final season recap of uh, Attack, Attack on Titan. On Titan. Yeah. It's getting spicy. Like, yeah. Two weeks. It's all over them. Crazy. Well, we have a movie later. So, yeah. 
Daddy Eric. Hey, what's up? You can find me at Eric C. Ginn on Twitter. Uh, when I'm not uh, raising a child, I'm trying to get through Horizon Forbidden West. Man, that game is long. I, I have... <laughs> I have, up. I have 45% of the game done, and I have 45 hours into the game. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's an 80-hour game. Yeah, it, it, they definitely went bigger for this one in a good way. Uh, so, uh, yeah, still working on that. I'm ready. Not, I'm not looking forward, like, rushing and everything to get to Elden Ring. I'm just enjoying my time with Horizon. Come join us in Elden Lord. Then when I get to Elden Ring, I'm looking forward to that one, too. Yeah. Aloy so is hot. I'm just showing that. Aloy is... A, is, is, is Thank great. you for saying that. Yeah, I agree. Also, I think Varl is a hot dude as well. Horizon Forbidden West. Great for representation. We'll say that. But bad for storytelling. You... <laughs> Hush. Give me your plugs. Um, you can find me at uh, that guy Tuesday on Twitter and Instagram. You can find the channel at PenConQuest on twitter and the penultimate conquest on instagram yeah i i'm trying to like figure out work schedule but work and life balance but also podcast balancing so the website has been updated in a while but i'm working on it so give me some time um and that's all i got christian where can people find you you can follow me at iso christian for all the stuff i'm doing like my movie podcast, I do every other week, and that's Large Popcorn. I also do a weekly gaming show with Podcast PXN every Wednesday. Uh, I also recently started doing uh, videos for, for Tech Raptor. So those oh. videos have started to go, to go up yeah. as well. Shout out to Mara Rivera. Um, and then lastly, thank you. Uh, and then for all the stuff I do here on Penultimate Conquest, like the videos uh, I'm doing, if you're keeping an eye on that, there should be one... Gosh, I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to finish editing it, but it should be out the 25th, like next Friday. By by the 25th is what I'm saying. So, okay. TBD, but keep an eye out. Yeah. Awesome stuff. With that being right. said, guys, I don't know if you know this, but I think we're all vengeance. I'm vengeance. I'm more. It was the vengeance you more. found along the way. There we go. <laughs> Perfect.